Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I've decided to bring someone on. You guys might know him. I'm rather attached to him. He's also the producer of the show, uh, Mr. Michael Blaze. Hello, audience. Yes, yes, yes. Glad to have you out back on, sir. For the new listener to the show, in case you've maybe found us for the first time, I'm Teresa Blaze. I've been a podcaster for a few years, but this show is about answering life's unresolved questions. It started out of my own need as I was dealing with a lot of issues in my own personal life, and God just opened the door for me to take those issues and put them out to the world and see if I could scrounge up some answers. I'd say in some respects I've succeeded, in others, not so much. It's also uh, expanded to where I deal with a lot of questions that I may not have had, but I know others have had. So that's the context in which we are uh, speaking today. And today, I will warn you, parents, if you have kids in the car or wherever, or if you have kids around, I would strongly, strongly suggest that you pause the show and Listen to it with them, not around. This is not a show for little ones to to hear, unless they have the maturity to hear it. But even then, I'd, I'd still be cautious, okay? So with that out of the way, I want to start the show, because I believe it will set some context, with some lyrics from uh, Project 86. And the lyrics are from the song called Sanctuary Hum. And it reads, this is the reason. The sanctuary hums. God save us. God save us from your chosen ones. This is the reason the helpless celebrate. He takes us. He takes us from our family shame. In that context of that song, he's talking about a pastor who looks like he has it all together, but at home he's very abusive and certainly is not a man of God. And that I believe in this context is very uh, fitting for what we were going to talk about. And the question I'm going to lay out, and I'm going to do it in two specific contexts, is what happens when a sacred trust between you and a clergy member is grossly violated? My two examples, and then I'm going to take it, I'm going to pass it over to Mike and kind of bring him in and let him kind of riff on this for a few minutes, are one Like just recently, like in the past few days, we've seen a report from the Catholic Church where over 300 clergymen were sexually abusing little kids, making them pose as though they were being crucified on on a cross and having pictures of their naked bodies being spread all around. I mean, I mean, it's it's just gross, demonic, vile stuff, guys. I'm not even going to get into too much detail because it's just disgusting. I mean, the report is out there if you want to read it, you know, but we've got 300 of these guys that have been indicted for this, this garbage. And then two, when Mike and I were starting, you know, and we were attending a church and, you know, we had just got Mandy home. We found out that our pastor at the time had taken the word of an elder who had come in our house and saw that it wasn't spotless and clean. It was cluttered, but it wasn't like spotless. And the elder went to this pastor, told him that it was dirty. And the pastor, instead of doing his due diligence, he trusted the word of this man and then worse told a social worker this. And that's what led to us having to fight CPS for so many years that we did. 
So again, I'm going to ask, Mike, what are we supposed to do when clergy grossly violate a trust like that? Okay, there's a few things we have to remember here. And one, I don't care if you're clergy or not, you know, you're human and you're going to make mistakes, you're going to sin. That's all there is to it. You know, nobody is above anyone else, you know, when it comes to this. But there is a there is a very strong warning. And I think even though he's talking about kids, I think it applies to young Christians as well. And it's Matthew 18, 6. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better if that for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. So I think it's pretty clear what God thinks about clergy that lead people astray. Well, I mean, not even so much leading people astray. When, when I think of that verse, especially in light of what has come out in dealing with the Catholic Church situation, you're talking about people who have, are sexually abusing these kids. I can't imagine the damage that is done. And may, you know, maybe they, well, if that's what God is about, I don't want anything to do with him. I can't imagine the kind of damage that is done because Psychological of Psychological trauma. Oh, my goodness. You hear this stuff and you go, but that it that's not right. No, it's not. What are we supposed to do? When you look at it, when you look at a situation like that, what are we supposed to do? And that's where the Matthew 18 model comes in. And let me read you this verse. It starts in uh, verse uh, 15. If your brother or sister sins, go go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, then you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established in the testimony of two or three witnesses. That can't necessarily apply here. I mean, because you're dealing with sexual abuse. And in in that, that report, it also talks about where it was brought to authorities, and instead of dealing with the matter, they just move these quote-unquote clergy to another place in order to hide them. And that's the problem with the Catholic Church, beyond a shadow of a doubt, because they are allowing sin and justifying it. Oh well, they're they're but they're celibate. Well, they, you know, they're gonna they're gonna make mistakes, then they can go and repent. Look at what happened. Uh, in let's let's take it out of the Catholic Church for a minute. And let's look at what's happened in the in the Christian Church. You know, there are a number of people that have fallen and led people astray. You know, the biggest ones I can think of would be Jimmy Swaggart, and Jimmy Swaggart went to prison. Jimmy Swaggart, Jerry Falwell, some of these guys. Did they lead people astray? Yes, they led people astray. So again. It's important to realize that these people are fallible. They make, they will make mistakes. They will sin. And if you're going, if you set them on a pedestal so high, they're going to fall. I'm picturing someone who says, but I trusted this man. He was supposed to represent God to me. But if that's what God is about, I don't want anything to do with them. Therein lies the problem. So literally what you are doing, if you are in this situation at, at, from a clergy standpoint, is you are leading people astray and that you are causing them to want nothing to do with Christianity. I can't tell you the number of people that Teresa and I have talked to over the years that will have nothing to do. They're, they're called themselves Christians, but they will not darken the door of a church for anything 
that, that, that it's worth because of the fact that they look at Christians, a, a pastor or a teacher or some kind of an elder, and they're like, if that's what Christianity is, I'll pass. Let me give you a good an example from my life, personally. Actually, not my life, my dad's life. Now, I'm not going to mention names or the circumstances or anything else, but basically what happened is when my dad was younger, he was a believer, he was a very strong believer, and there was an incident that happened. It was not his fault. He did the right thing, everything else, but there were two old ladies in the back of the church gossiping about, oh, what a horrible man this is, and this and that. And he figured out they were talking about him, and he basically said, if that's what Christianity is, I want nothing to do with it. And he ran for God almost for almost 20 years. It reminds me of that song um, by Casting Crowns, If We Are the Body. I mean, in, in one of the verses, he's, talk, he's talking about a traveler that's far, far away from home, walks in the church, and people just treating them garbage and, and, and the lyric specifically says he figures that his chances are better out on the road. I mean, isn't that essentially what we're talking about here? I mean, now obviously, you know, when, when we're dealing with something as egregious as sexual abuse, obviously we have to deal with having the authorities come You've in. Gotta have the authorities involved. You cannot, I don't care if that person is, you know, the nicest guy in, in the world with all the potential in the world, if he does something like that to someone, he has to be held accountable. And I promise you, whether you're held accountable in the church or not, you will be held, held accountable by God. Oh, yeah, because he does not like it. Um, I don't recall where, but he talks about in the Old Testament, you know, when he's holding the, the, the Israelites accountable, mm-hmm. he goes after the, the uh, priest and he goes, you are my shepherds, but you are leading my people astray. Oh, yeah. In um, that Samuel, it, it, it's in Samuel. It, it's when Samuel's giving, giving God's words to Eli. Yeah, I think I think it was either him or it was either there or it was Jeremiah, but I I don't remember One right of the off. Two. Yeah, but you know, and God is literally. It almost seems to me that because of this and because of what happens, it almost seems to me people sit there and they say, "Well, if that's what God is. I don't want anything to do with him." And guys sitting there going, "Do you think I approve of this? I don't. Please don't blame me for the actions of my quote unquote people." But the sad thing is people relate that to those people. Situations like, and it, you know, and this doesn't just apply to clergy either. This applies to everybody. This applies, if you call yourself a follower of Christ and you're looking down the nose at people, shame on you. Shame on you. You, you, you better get on your knees and you better do some repenting. Because I promise you, if you cause someone to stumble, if you cause someone to, lose, to, to want nothing to do with God because of your stupidity, you will be held accountable. You know, it's, it's, it reminds me of what's happening uh, online. And, and this is somewhat related. Um, there are media groups that are being censored, and then you've got these conservative and these quote-unquote Christians. Well, I'm glad they're being con- uh, uh, censored because they're so, they're so far out there. Really, really, you're you're gonna run your note. You're gonna run your mouth when they could just as very well happen to you. When they could just as well happen to you, whether you like certain media groups like 
Alex Jones or the Hagman Report or whatever, whether you like them or not, it's not the issue. It's the issue of if they can silence their freedom of speech, they could also do it to you. Now, the reason why I brought that up here is in this context is what's happening is that these people are being silenced. And then you got these Christians that are going, oh, well, they, they, they didn't have a right to be, be on one anyway. They said, I'm glad they got shut down. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, you know, that's, that's a real, real problem we're dealing with the same thing if you were causing and you were uh, uh, uh running your mouth or you were causing someone to stumble you are going to be held accountable and now now is there grace in the situation oh yeah you know even though uh jimmy swagger did spend some time in prison you know he came out and he's back from what i understand he's back on the road and doing what he he feels is right so god will restore you when you fall like that he will restore you so and whether you like jimmy swaggart or not is not the point it's the point is if you're if you know if you're in sin let's let's use a different scripture here if your brother has a stick in his eye right you know, if he has like if he has something in his eye, a speck of dust or whatever in his eye, but you got a big old honking log in your own eye, you might want to remove the own, the log from your your eye before you go helping him out. Jesus said, "You know, he who he who has no sin casts the first stone." Mm. And then he sat down, and then he stooped down and started writing in the sand. And all of a sudden, the people that were involved in that situation just slowly started walking away. I wonder just what he was writing. Hmm? You know, I don't know. I, I know historically some people think she was writing the names of the people that were her customers. <laughs> wow. 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 I haven't heard that one. I have not heard that one. Um, wow. You know, but I think it really goes back to this one. The Bible says in Romans 13 that the government does not bear the sword for nothing. Therefore, if you do wrong, you have every right to fear. So if someone in the church is doing something so egregious as child molestation, child abuse, I'm sorry, that is disgusting, that is not of God, and it does not represent the heart of God. You know, if, if, if someone who is, who is wearing the clergy collar does that, then you need to report them. You need to go to the authorities, and you need to be brave enough to speak out because... They have to be held accountable. And to the person that may be caught up in, in, in whatever sin you want to deal with, there's grace and there's mercy and there's forgiveness at the foot of the cross. But it takes you stepping out back and going, man, I really blew it. And I need, I need, I need God's forgiveness because I really misrepresented him. I, I agree 100%. And that situation that Teresa and I raised, we had to leave that church. I mean, it, it, hurt, it hurt us. It really hurt. I wanted nothing to do with the church for a long time like that. Was I still a believer? Yeah. But you know what? I wanted nothing to do with the organized church for a very long time. Why? Because all, I, I felt like, you know what? They're just going to betray me. I can't, I can't trust a single one of them. We were in a difficult situation, and, you know, we needed help. And it wasn't, you know, we needed help. We needed support. We needed people to talk to. But after that, I mean, we really felt like we couldn't trust anybody. And when you get in that position, man, you get really opened up to attack and and a lot of things that um, we don't have time to go into here now. But it's so crucial. It is so crucial that when we represent God in everything that we do, that we make sure that we are very well known that, hey, yes, we are representing God. And everything that we do reflects on him. 
whether good or bad, it reflects on him. And if you have a question, you know, about something you're doing, you know, I, I know it's kind of a corny phrase, but what would Jesus do? Look at what you're look at what you're doing and, and or what you're thinking of doing and ask yourself, what would Jesus do? I mean, he called he called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. You brood of vipers. I mean, and I'm, and I think of Paul, who, you know, who who uh, said, you know, you you espouse your doctrines of demons, and you forbid your 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 men to marry. Really? Okay. If that's what Paul wrote, then what the heck is the Catholic Church doing? That's what I want to know. No, I agree with you a hundred percent, Therese. It's very clear what God thinks about all this. There's no mystery here. But I, I felt a burden when I heard about it. I felt a burden that it needed to be addressed. This is this has been going on for a very long time, and it needs to be dealt with. Yes, we need to deal with it with the authorities, if if applicable. But even more so, we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to hold ourselves accountable. So, guys, I know that this is a can of worms, and I know that there may be a lot of people who have a very muddy history with the church, and I understand it, I get it, but I will say this, don't blame God for the faults of his people, please. He loves you, and he died for you, and he wants a relationship with you. And don't don't settle for your get-out-of-hell-free get card. You know, press in. You know, spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. Get to know who God is. And you know what? You, you, can, you can even bring all that hurt and all that pain, and you can demand of God why. Because I guarantee you I did. I guarantee you I did plenty of times, and I won't say I was very nice to him about it either. That's where unresolved life has been birthed. It has been birthed out of my demanding questions and my demanding answers. I needed, I needed answers, and I guarantee you, I know a lot of you probably do as well, and that's why. That's why I'm here. You know, if you get yourself in this situation, use the Matthew 18 model. Go to them privately and talk to them first. If they don't, if they won't, if they won't accept you or accept your counsel or accept what you're having to say, then bring two or three witnesses. If they won't accept it from there, then go ahead and uh, take them before the church because obviously they don't want to repent from their sins. I mean, it's a simple process. It's an escalation process. And if someone comes to you gossiping or running their mouth, instead of, you know, encourage that person to go to the the person directly instead of, oh, I'm concerned about this or I'm concerned about that, but I don't have the I don't have the fortitude to go to that person directly. Well, if you don't have the fortitude to go to that person directly, then you need to hit your knees and you need to pray. And you need to do some repenting. Yeah, that's that's gossip can destroy destroy relationships and destroy a church. I've seen it enough times. Yep, me too. It's ugly. So th- that's my encouragement. You're if you're a pastor, you know, encourage that person to do it, or else offer to be the mediator. But do not go back to the. I, oh, that ir- irritates me. Do not go back to the person and that that's involved. And tell them, oh, well, someone made a report that they're concerned about thus and so. You know, that's garbage. No, it needs to be dealt with face-to-face. If you have an issue, deal with it. 
follow the Matthew 18 model. That's the way to handle it. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. So, guys, I think with that, we'll wrap it up here. I, I know that, that we kind of hit on a few different topics, but I think the biggest issue is what do you do when the church fails you? You you confront the person, and in some cases, if necessary, you bring the authorities in. Along that same line, do not blame God for the failings of his people. I know how hard that is. I get it. I get it. And I if there's a lot of pain there, I totally get it. And you know what? Please, if you need someone to talk to, feel free to reach out to me, Teresa at unresolved.life. I'm willing to listen. Or if you're more comfortable with a man, reach out to me, Michael at unresolved.life. With that, hey, Mike, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, you're, you're welcome. I'm, I'm ecstatic about where Unresolved Life is going. Uh, Teresa, you're doing an amazing job. And I, and I, I realize I'm your husband, but, you know, I look forward to, you know, the day when God, you know, when God calls you home and you hear, well done, good, good and faithful servant. You're doing what God's told you to do. And I'm incredibly proud of you. Thank you. That, that means a lot. I, I just, you know, again, this started out of I needed some answers. Do, do I have them all? No, there are still some areas that I still fight with and I'm still trying to chase down. But you know what? I'm bringing them to the mic and I'm throwing it out there because I'm pretty sure if I need answers, there's others that need them as well. I totally agree. So, guys, with that, we're going to sign off. But this has been the Unresolved Life podcast, and we will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.